All right, let's do this. Hey guys, I'm Parker Kane. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Upbeat. I share a lot of motivational stuff and info on social media, music, and entertainment, but I will also be sharing my personal experiences and interviewing all kinds of other people for their stories and their experiences, finding and pursuing what they really love to do. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome to Upbeat. I'm your host, Parker Kane. Thank you for clicking on the podcast today and for listening in. I appreciate it. This is a really cool episode too, where I interview someone in Bali of all places, which was really cool to experience. Definitely a first for Upbeat as I've never interviewed anyone internationally before. So that was really cool to experience. And she was a great guest to have on the show as well. Her name is Elena Ray. She's a world traveler and personal transformation coach. She's also a certified yoga teacher and energy healer. She's been in that personal development space for like the last six years on top of having over five years of international corporate experience with top companies like IBM and with Uber. And she's worked on six continents, traveled to over 60 countries, knows a couple different languages, and lives full-time overseas and has since 2013. And not only that, but her work has been featured in Fast Company, Fortune, Business Insider, Huffington Post, The Matador Network, CNN, and many other publications. So I guess you could say I feel pretty uh, lucky to have Elena Ray here on the show with me and to share her story and her experience and her insight and wisdom with all of you guys who are listening. Which, by the way, before we jump into the episode, Elena had mentioned that she is ecstatic to engage with any of the upbeat listeners. So if you want to follow Elena Ray, definitely go follow her at Hey Elena Ray on Instagram and Facebook. And her website is www.elenaray.com. Uh, so yeah, give her a follow. And then beyond that, if you have any questions for her, feel free to reach out and she'll be happy to answer your questions. Uh, but with that said, let's dive into the interview. <laughs> Elena, thank you for being here with me on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Parker. I almost said thanks for being here with me tonight, but I don't think it's nighttime for you. What time is it for you? 11.18 in the morning. And is it the 9th or the 10th? Thursday, October 10th in Bali. <laughs> well, that's crazy because here in Idaho, it is uh, the 9th and, and it's... 9 18 p.m so i guess since you are in the future i should start this podcast by asking you if you have any advice for us moving into tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> stay present with what's unfolding <laughs> <laughs> so there's a few firsts i've never interviewed at nighttime for me it's nighttime and i've never used zoom and this is I've never done anything international either or one interview on two days at the same time. So there are some some firsts for this episode. Nice. I love being your first international. Then that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I'm super excited about it. Thank you again for being here. And on Upbeat, I like to kick things off by getting to know the guests uh, a little bit more and more about their background before we really kind of dive into some topics. So could you just briefly share with us a little bit more about you and your upbringing and maybe some of like your original dreams and aspirations? 
Yeah, I was just talking about this with a friend last night over dinner. So I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. So I'm American. I have been living abroad since 2013, both as a combination of having corporate professional roles that were sending me on international assignment. And then as a backpacker, kind of, you know, roaming the world, going through a spiritual awakening, discovering myself, transitioning then into owning my own business and now living in Bali. And I currently work as a transformation coach, essentially life coaching, but with a really deep focus on the inner workings of the psyche and breaking patterns, working really deeply within the individual. And I'm also a business mentor because my business over the last six months alone has gone from yeah, what was basically a, a blog, and I've gotten published in a lot of major outlets, but just basically a blog to a business that's generated multiple five figures and completely replaced and exceeded the money that I was earning in a corporate job working nine to five in New York City, which has been wow. insane for me to experience. I'm like, wait, mm. this is just stuff people talk about on the internet. I didn't know I could actually do that for <laughs> myself. <laughs> and my dream growing up was... Funnily enough, to I, since I was five, I wanted to be a psychologist. So I always pictured myself going and getting a PhD, getting a master's degree, sitting on a couch with my client somewhere in the US. And I'm sort of like the new modern, cooler version of that, I think, being a Bali-based life coach. Yeah, that's freaking sweet. It's not something you hear every day, that's for sure. So what would you say is like your number one passion or like... Uh, I guess, when did you know, like, when did it really click for you uh, what you were passionate about? I think I was always that teenager and definitely at corporate, I was coming home and diving into books and videos from people like Tony Robbins and Marie Forleo and the lead, the modern leaders of personal development. I've read a lot of like Sigmund Freud, a lot of Carl Jung. I was just fascinated by the workings of the human mind and tapping into human potential. I've also studied a lot of yoga and that's essentially what the yogis were doing. We're trying to use the body and mind to unlock our, our full potential. So that's mm -hmm. always been with me and the thing that I nerd out on the most, like the subconscious and why we are the way we are, how we get programmed by society to think certain things and want certain things and getting people back to like, you know, what do you actually want versus what society is telling you that you want? No, that's true. I love that. And I guess, did you ever see yourself being somewhere where you are today? Or did that kind of spawn on you later, like when you were in your corporate world? I could have never imagined being an online entrepreneur living in Bali full time at the age of 30. I had yeah. no idea. I thought I'd be in New York City, probably married, maybe with kids on the way, working up to a very high level role in the international arena. I speak Chinese and Spanish and I have a mm -hmm. whole background in that sort of stuff. So that's where I saw myself going. But I traveled a ton when I left corporate and then had this spiritual awakening, had this new dawning of awareness of my own nature and what I'm really here to do. And that's when I re like got back in touch with that part of myself that loves personal development, that loves helping change people's lives and realizing and confirming within myself, that's my purpose. And I'm going to own that, even if it sounds really scary or weird. I feel like everyone needs to hear that. Just do what you really want to do and don't, I guess, be forced to a certain direction by societal pressures. Um, but so, so did you go to college for your corporate stuff? I went to university at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, UNC. Uh -huh. 
and studied international relations and Mandarin Chinese. So I actually speak fluent Chinese and never really fully went down that path. Mm -hmm. So you got into the corporate world and then was that, that was something you've always dreamt of doing, right? Was being in those kinds of jobs. And you worked for like IBM and Uber, right? Like big companies that I think a lot of people would dream to work at. So I guess, what was it, what was it like there and what kind of changed your mind while you were there? I spent a lot of my undergrad traveling as well and studying international development, languages, studying Chinese in China, having a lot of freedom to see the world. And then all I thought that my options were I'm graduating college, I need a job. And I, mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to become a consultant. That's what people do. They graduate from, you know, quote unquote, top universities. And so I went into management consulting and very quickly, I, I barely lasted two years because I felt constricted and I didn't want to be living in the U.S. I wanted to be living abroad. And uh, I saw myself having more of an international business career. And that's when I transitioned into working for another company that sent me all around the world as a product uh, project manager in countries like Ethiopia, Nigeria, South Africa, Mongolia. We basically studied emerging markets and I ran teams in those countries. I was totally like unqualified for this job. I don't even know how I got it to be (laughs) honest, but it was a dream job, landed it and then transitioned out of the IBM corporate scene into this kind of business world, which was my first step of being like, I'm gonna do life my way. And that was, that's been a theme ever since. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome though. I think I told you this before that a lot of the listeners of this podcast are in that college age or graduating from college age uh, in those phases. And I think a lot of them have a lot of doubt and depression and like, where do I go from here? So what kind of advice would you give to those people, I guess, so they can improve with that mindset of doing life their way? Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that audience. My whole old blog, if they want to check it out, lifebefore30.com, that was what I for wrote about for five years was basically targeting millennials and helping them transition into dream jobs and not just settling for whatever your college university uh, and you know career placement office basically tells you are your options. Yeah. Um, thing that I would say, I, I do start with some practical advice that the reason I've been able to have so much freedom you see is my <laughs> look at your puppy in the background. He's making a cameo. Whenever I'm at the computer too long, she jumps up on my chair and like gets on my shoulders and start like starts like telling me to pay attention to her. But sorry, what were, you, what were you saying though? <laughs> so I actually start with letting people know that the reason I've had this amount of freedom was because I did have a career and I had very practical experience to go back to. And that's always been something I'm like, okay, if my online business doesn't work out, I can go back to doing consulting. I can go back to an entry level corporate sales job or something. So I do really advise people to go and get some concrete experience under, under your belt for a year or two at least and and get a taste of that work environment. And then, you know, you have a plan B and you have some real money to finance what you actually want to do next. I had some friends coming out of university who went and taught English or they went and traveled and kind of meandered around or didn't go after getting a really solid job. And it was much harder for them. I was able to transition because I had some money saved up as well to finance me through, hey, I don't want to be at this job. I'm going to transition 
into something else, or I'm going to go travel for, I traveled for almost two years on money that I made in my corporate job. So if you are stuck in something that you don't like right now, also see it as you're your own investor and to don't spend money on anything that's not important. Don't buy fancy electronics. Don't spend money on rent. Just pay down your student loans and save up and find, get a fund going that I call your freedom fund and have that ready to go. So the day that you're like, I'm, it clicked in. This is the thing I want to do. You have the ability to get yourself there. That's really, really good advice. Thanks for sharing that. If you could go back to any time and give yourself advice, what time would you choose and what do you think you'd say? Oh, I think I would go back to when I first launched my, so I've been online as a personal brand and blogger since 2011 and I didn't really start making money from it until this year. So that's seven years of having this passion side hustle, kind of side gig going on. And that's a long time to not really back it and have a strategy behind it and treat it as a business. So I think I would go back to myself in 2011 or 2013 and say, hey, this is actually viable. And I didn't know at the time, but you know, telling myself, you can make money from this. You can turn this into a consulting business of your own. You can help people get some help, find a mentor now, get support and get a strategy together so that you can start earning money from this. I just didn't see that as something viable. And now I'm making literally more money than I made in corporate from it. So I would have gotten help sooner. So I wouldn't have struggled as long. And, and it all started from you leaving your, your corporate job and kind of discovering yourself. So like what kind of confidence, I guess, or how did you get the confidence to do something so risky or out of the normal? Yeah, that's something I work on a lot with people is also fear and risk taking because that's such a big part in creating the life of your dreams is being able to hold yourself through fear and take risk. And I've done mm -hmm. that again and again. I call it leaping into the void. It's like whenever I'm in a situation where I know, hey, this is not working. I don't know exactly where I'm going. I just can't be in this situation. And I'm going to walk into this void and I'm going to create something in a room that's essentially completely black, no windows, no doors. I don't, I don't see the light yet. And I have to create this new vision for myself. I think that's huge, especially for, I mean, I'm kind of sheltered to this area, but there's so many people uh, in, you know, the West coast of the United States that I've met that they're pretty comfortable, you know, staying in their small town in Idaho and just kind of doing their thing. Um, but it's hard for like the dreamers that want to get out of Idaho and they just, they feel so much pressure, like everyone in their family or every one of their friends is going to judge them if they do this kind of a thing. So fear, risk taking and judgment from others. Like what kind of advice do you have? Oh, okay. I have a lot to say on this and I just want to reiterate you guys. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Very few people left my hometown and there's nothing we can do for the people that are comfortable. But yeah, if you are a dreamer and you have this fire and spark in you, it's your responsibility to nurture that and follow that and know that it's something moving through you that needs to come out of you. And you're being essentially called to serve. You're being called to a, a bigger path in, in life and in your community. So the thing I'll, I'll start with judgment because that's an interesting one. What it's what's you must well, okay what you must know is that people might judge you on the surface or they might you know you'll lose friends as you evolve as you walk into the void that happens people just kind of naturally fall away it's not necessarily a bad thing and i've gone through periods of my time where i felt like 
oh, I have almost no, no friends or no support. And I had to be that rock for myself, but new, amazing people who really aligned with my vision and my life emerged and supported me. And I had to let go of the old stuff in order to step into that community. I have a community where I have friends in probably a hundred different countries by now and have a support network on every continent. I wouldn't have that if I was worried about what people in Buffalo, New York were going to judge me for. And the secret thing is that the judgment, there is really hidden inspiration that whether you know it or not, you are inspiring them. You People want what you're going to go chase and get after. And they might not, your parents might not approve of it. People might not understand it, but when you actually go and do it, they're going to think twice. And they might not tell you, but they'll be like, that's really interesting. I wonder if that's something that's possible for me too. And I've been shocked at the number of people, even from high school, have reached out to me over the years later on and been like, hey, I've never told you this, but I've watched your journey over the last 10 years and I'm so inspired by you. And actually just now I am taking the opportunity to go travel for six months and you know, reaching out at that point. The thing I'll say about fear, and this does relate to judgment as well, is I always say if you're experiencing fear, you're, you have blinders on or the vision is too small. Because when you tap into a bigger vision for your life and actually for your service here on the planet and who you're here to reach, you're not going to be as scared. You might still feel the fear, but it won't be such an obstacle because you see, wow, I want to change. Like For me, I want to change the way we're working as a global system. I think the economic models that we have now, the paycheck model, it's all broken. And I don't know if I'll see that in my lifetime, but I want to work towards advancing more creative industries and service-based industries that get people into their purpose-driven work and doing well with it and exchanging money based on that and changing the way the world works. That gets me past like the fear of getting on a Facebook Live or the fear of you know, oh, I, I lost one client. So I need to, you know, I need to hustle a bit more this month. And that's really scary because I'm still supporting myself through my own business. And there's you know, fear around what if it doesn't work? I get past all of that because I'm committed to serving and I'm committed to the vision I have for my life. So if you're still feeling scared, dream bigger, think of a bigger vision and that will motivate you and inspire the hell out of other people around you too. Such a cool answer. <laughs> You're just like going, going, going. That's awesome. Just because, well, and you said something that really resonated with me. It, it's uh, that when you jump in doing what you're passionate about, like the fear kind of goes away because your passion is like your comfort. At least that's what I got from it. I was just going to say on that little piece there, so many people get bogged down in how am I going to do this? You know, they might start to see that vision and go, but how is that actually realistic? Or, you know, if I see myself as, you know, stepping into the same field with Tony Robbins. That's insane. Who am I to say that? But actually it's like, I don't worry about the how that's going to happen because I'm so passionate about the knowing that that is my truth and that is what I want. And that is the vision I'm going towards and the how like you figure that out along the way. And when you commit to having a really strong message and serving, going beyond yourself and contributing People want to help you with that. People will just come into your space and, and offer resources or things will click into place. And I've experienced that magic really that that got me to Bali. It was a combination of a lot of hard work, a lot of big vision, commitment to taking risks, and then letting the magic happen that supports the people who are the dreamers who do take the risk to make this stuff happen. And the how will sort itself out. I love that. It's just amazing when you start doing anything at all, doors open, but especially when you start doing what you're passionate about is just like it just kind of works out because it's like I mean I mean 
if you're a believer in God or not, if you're a believer in a higher power at all, like it's just the, it's like the universe just makes it happen because it's rewarding you for doing what you were called to do and what your whole purpose is here on this earth. Yes. And as soon as I found, as soon as I took those leaps, so here's where the fear thing kind of built momentum in my journey was, you know, I, at one point I was like, well, I don't really have a choice. I I don't want to be here. So I have to go there. And there's a huge gap and I'm going to leap. And I found that within myself and truly life was like, oh, thank God. Like, you know, she's doing it, but you have to go first. That's what I want to tell people is you have to leap first. And then life really will respond to that impetus. That energy starts from you and you will be met by that and then carried and it will build over time. And you'll learn to trust yourself too. And you can start by taking smaller and more manageable risks, facing fears that are a little bit more manageable to you. And then once you get the response that, you know, you start to see that momentum, you get the confidence and you can keep doing it again and again, but you have to go first. Just by doing, honestly. Yeah. And then exercising your creative creativity, like what's unique to you and unapologetically being you, that like kind of leads back to what you said too, is then you become inspiring to other people. And and it's crazy because it just it just happens. I don't I can't explain it. Like, well, maybe you can. You seem really knowledgeable in all this stuff, but I can't explain that that feeling of just doing what you know you're supposed to do opportunities happening and everyone else around you just starting to look up to you it's like you're a whole new person it's like you have a whole new light just because you're doing what you're supposed to do well think of you know i always think of why people buy tickets to go to big sporting events or why people sit in the audience at concerts mm-hmm. and why there's a whole like billion billion and billion billion dollar industry around this stuff because people a, to be around the energy of people on stage, on the field, in their game, in their flow. And because they want that, they're longing for that. They may not know how to tap into that themselves, but when they see it in others, there's a conscious or unconscious recognition and a, a wanting to be around it. <laughs> no, that's true. I never thought about it that way. That's awesome. I also really want to talk about like your traveling endeavors and like some of the lessons you've learned there. Um mm. Let's go, let's go there. So what, what are some of like the coolest things that you've experienced traveling and then some of like the most important lessons learned? Yeah, that's a huge question. I think I've spent, well, I've been out of the U S for seven years now and I've spent at least four years backpacking alone over the course of my life. Um, and I always just did it alone. I can't describe how I got the confidence to that. I backpacked through South America, I've hitchhiked in parts of Asia. I did a year-long trip through Asia and India. I've lived in Africa for over a year. I've lived in the Middle East for over a year. Um, So some of the coolest things I've experienced have been definitely going way off the beaten path. That was always a message of mine. And um, I've worked in very rural villages and nonprofit organizations and living with local families and really integrating with that community. And being there to, whenever I did that, I was making sure that I was part of a local organization that was already, I was just coming in with some additional resources, you know, usually money or medical supplies or some knowledge and really sharing it and trying to make it sustainable to, you know, impact what they were doing. Um, in one case, I was working in Malawi, a lawyer who was helping to get a Malawian youths out of prison who are wrongfully imprisoned. And most of them just didn't have parents and didn't have any and were caught stealing chickens and wound up in prison for a very long time. And he was helping to uh, 
uh, get them out and get them into to doing some kind of small business. Um, that was like one of the most interesting things I got to experience was going into a Malawian prison with like 500 men and me rocking up in there and doing like surveys and understanding their backgrounds. So immersion and not just staying in hostels, not just doing the usual things, but spending at least three months in every country that I've been to and I've been to over 60 countries and getting work opportunities also to see how the businesses in, in these countries operate and, you know, basically just not being a tourist. And it's what I really advise people. If you're coming out of university and you want to go traveling, go find an experience. You can go on workaway.org. You can look up volunteering experiences, go overseas.com. I used to be a columnist for them. They have lots of opportunities to go sink your teeth into a place. And you'll learn more by going deeper into one place or into if you design a gap year or something in a two or three countries than just hopping around and doing the backpacker thing because I've done that before. And it's, it can be fun and it's something to experience, but that's not where the, the most transformational um, experiences have been that have made me who I am today. So you did that alone? <laughs> Like you didn't have like a friend or boyfriend or siblings or anyone with you. Like you just did it by yourself. Now I'm a pretty, I guess your readers can't, your viewers can't see me, but I'm a very petite, blonde, pasty woman. And I have gone and I've crossed the border at four o'clock in the morning between Egypt and Israel by myself. I've been on buses in Southeast Africa taking the local buses by myself and loving it yeah. <laughs> every step of the way. I've hitchhiked alone in Burma and India. Dang. Well, and I mean, yeah, some people would say like safety issues too, of course, but I'm even thinking just like mentally, emotionally, like I am very dependent, I think on like, so like interacting with like my friends and my family. And I guess maybe like I'm realizing right now I'm a, maybe a little too dependent on my like conversations with them and stuff. Like, I don't know if I could be out in a different country by myself without like friends or family. That is so cool that you were able to go do that. Well, I definitely wasn't, I like went to those places alone, but you know, I was having conversations with my Malawian host family. I talked to Guatemalan locals on the bus. Mm -hmm. I would have, you know, Qatari, colleagues. I worked for an Egyptian NGO at one point and had like 20 Egyptian colleagues. So I made connections there and I was supported by, and then that forced me to do that actually, because if I had been with someone, maybe I wouldn't have Egyptian friends that I'm still in touch with today or have Chinese friends that still write to me on LinkedIn in Chinese and check up on me and <laughs> because I was really pushed to immerse myself. That obviously played a huge role in like who you are now and like your spiritual journey were you I guess spiritual at all before you took that leap or did that all kind of happen as you were doing those things I was just about to tie those two things together so spending a lot of time away removed from my comfort zone removed from my family removed from social influences that I'm familiar with basically was a spiritual experience before I realized it was spending that much time in obscure places in the world gave me a totally different perspective on life. And it's definitely why I am the way I am. But spiritually, um, number one, I got to immerse myself so much that I, I got to that point of really deep empathy and oneness, if you will, of seeing people all over the world in 60 different countries and seeing, wow, 
they really are just like me. This community has the same needs I have. At, at a soul level, we are the same. And I'm able to connect with anyone. That's a spiritual experience. And that started to awaken me. And also the time and space. So I, I teach my clients a lot and people that work with me about just the importance of, you know, we started talking about creativity a little bit, you know, watching how much are you consuming from society around you versus how much are you creating? How much are you ingesting? And, and how much are you actually able to digest and then create something with it? And mm -hmm. that whole time allowed me to tune out the noise so much that I got to tune into myself it, at my heart and soul level. And most people don't get simply the time and space to do that. And you can create that for yourself. And it's necessary if you want to walk this path of being a dreamer and being a leader and, and doing something really unconventional, perhaps, with your life, living any kind of an adventure, you have to have that being in tune with yourself. And that automatically then made me more compassionate and more understanding and more able to work and help with other people because I was doing these processes within myself, new awakenings and new awarenesses within myself arise. And I'm able to guide and teach people through those things. But it started with me. And so for, cause you, you had like an incredible journey and like a long time away and traveling, would you I guess advise that for for other people who are really seeking to get to that level them themselves or like do you have to travel and do do those kinds of things to 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 become that and and to really learn who you are and stuff or like what could what could we be doing now every day you know before or after work or when we wake up or whatever to kind of get that same result Thank you so much for that question, because that was the thing that my old brand life before 30, me three years ago would have said, yes, you need to go and break all the molds and live this kind of life and, and travel and knew me now. And everything that I work on now knows that that is not the case. If you want that, like awesome. And I want you to go for that, but that's not everybody's dream. And that's not necessary for everybody. It's not necessary to really follow your heart and live an interesting life. And, or whatever that means to you, live your dream life, whatever that is. Yeah. So what you can do is create that number one, bring this awareness in of how much am I consuming from the world around me? How much noise do I have going on around me? And how can you just tune that down a little bit? So personally, I haven't watched TV, Netflix, nothing in 15 years, if not more. Um, I don't really watch movies unless it's documentaries or educational Things. I, I don't watch the news. I turn to books and I read, like, I deep dive into a, a, a content stream if I'm interested in that. I find experts on those things. I tune out a lot of the noise and really mindful of the music I listen to, even if it being more of a high vibe, like um, uplifting kind of energy from my music. And then I intentionally create spaces to then spend time in my own creativity generating new ideas, putting things mm -hmm. out there. And for me, the first step to that was having a blog and sharing my words, sharing my ideas out with the world. And that led me to where I am today, just by feeling this impulse to create and to share. So if you have an impulse to create or share in any way in your life, and that could be with music, it could be with art, that could be like putting on workshops or events in your town, whatever it is, creating a podcast, follow that and, and tune out some of the noise so that your voice can come out because we need your voice out in the world. We don't need you being a follower and copying other people's voices. We, we need that genuine self-expression from every person. And then on a daily basis... I advise everyone to do three things that are pretty simple in terms of a personal spiritual practice. 
Um, the first one is to spend time in stillness. This could look like meditation, but the simpler way is to just get your body still for five minutes every day and just spend some time looking inside, whatever that means to you. And you might think, oh, meditation's too hard if it's not for me. Just return to stillness and you'll see what starts to percolate from within you when you do that. The second thing is darkness. So closing your eyes, again, five minutes every day, spend time in the darkness within yourself. It helps to cultivate that intuition and just embrace the, the mystery of, you know, you don't really know who you are, where you came from or where you're going. None of us know. We just pretend and we put on all these masks that we know things every day, but spend time in that darkness and, and have that kind of awareness of this is a mystery. Let me have fun with this. There's no, there's no outcome to this. Let's play. And the third thing is to do something with your breath. So a lot of the traditions of yoga and qigong or, you know, even working out, it's to get your, your breath is the bridge between your body and your mind. And for most people that's really disconnected and that bridge needs to come back together for you to be a fully integrated and empowered light being out there. So just spend some time sighing, taking deep breaths, maybe making some sounds every morning. I do like some deep breathing and then I might do like, ah, and just letting these kind of these very basic connections to the body reemerge. And then from, you know, listening to whatever other personal practices you might have, you might be a runner, you might be a dancer. So dance and run every day, do the things that you already love doing, but incorporate some of those more, you know, like spiritual um, elements that'll really help you listen to yourself. And so, so you mentioned too, that you haven't, I guess, had those distractions of like Netflix and you, you've done really well at tuning down the noise, right? And like focusing on things that really matter. Um, how has, I guess, technology though helped you with your businesses? Yeah, really good point because I do spend a lot of time marketing on social media and posting videos and blogs and getting my message out there. So I'm very intentional about using those platforms as like, and emitting, you know, my message going out and engaging with people. I don't really care about how many followers I have. I don't really care about numbers of likes on my posts. I'm really intentional about involving people in a conversation around the things that I care about and attracting like-minded people to my platform so they can learn from me and my experience and share with each other. I'm much more focused on community. Um, so I have a Facebook group that does that really well. And I just don't chase numbers and things like that. I'm also careful about consuming other people's um, stuff and posts. I don't really, you know, try to go on and just post things and share things and, and get off of it and not get sucked into it. Um, but I do do almost all of my client meetings on Zoom and remotely. I'm able to do even really deep spiritual healing and, and help people with traumas and moving past blocks that have really held them back and made them struggle to take risks or know who they really are, what life is about. And I'm doing that on, on zoom. <laughs> so that is such a blessing. I have clients on four different continents and that's made possible through technology. So I'm definitely very grateful to have an online business that I can just, you know, sit here in my living room in Bali and have a chat with you in Idaho. Yeah. I was just thinking that I was like, holy crap, like I'm in my room in Idaho right now. Uh, we're completely different days right now and you are in Bali like I've never done that ever like any kind of video call or anything I've done has been with someone else in the U.S. so this is 
this is just crazy to me how far technology has come. And that's cool too, that you have client. I didn't know that, like that you have clients on four different continents. So fairly frequently then do you communicate with people in the U.S. and like coach them through things, even though you are in Bali? All the time. Yeah. I'm running a mastermind program, like a group program right now. And uh, my participants are in the U.S. and Mexico, uh, Germany, Spain, Saudi Arabia, like all over the world. Yeah. So it is made clear then that this is for everybody. Like, like when you were sharing more about like meditation and darkness and stillness, like I was just think I was kind of rolling in my head a little bit back some of the times where I've had people say like, oh, that's phony. Oh, that's weird. You know? And I think it's very necessary for people to do that in any kind of walk of life. And whether you're the the 50-year-old businessman in New York or you're the 30-year-old coach in Bali, <laughs> like you can do these kinds of things. Would you say that that's, uh, that's fair to say? Definitely. And, and they're, they've had very practical outcomes on my life. I've been a meditator since 2013 when I did a 10-day silent retreat in India. I never meditated before. I was like, oh, that sounds like a bucket list thing. I'll, I'll go do that. <laughs> Changed my life. I've been meditating ever since. And you know what happens to me when I get on the mat and that stillness and darkness and do my practice is I start to get, you know, business ideas. I'll be, you know, doing a yoga pose and all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I want to create this program and this is the sales page and that's what it's going to look like. And I'll even get like how much it's going to cost and who to reach out to and I'll get these insights. And the reason I'm able to get that guidance and these insights and these creative impulses that then lead to more money and opportunity in my life is because I stop. I stop all the other stuff that's not leading to that. And I come back and listen to the, the place in myself that I, I've realized again and again exists in me and exists in everyone, that, that little voice in the back of your head and, and everyone listening to this that starts to, to chime in on life. And it's usually the voice of, I call it higher self sometimes, or, or wisdom or intuition. And it's there and it wants to speak louder. It wants to guide you. And it's, it's from a, a really pure place. And you have to give space to give it a chance. So when I listened to that voice, that was the voice that said, yeah, get out of this desk at IBM. You can you can figure this out. You can figure out a different way. Hey, why don't you get support for your blog that could actually become a business? Hey, why don't you talk to that person and it winds up being the conversation that leads to a new relationship? Like tuning into that leads to real changes in your life. I love that. So wh where are you going from here? Do you know? Like, are, I, I want to know like what you think life will be like for you in like 10 years. It's so interesting because I've been doing a lot of 10-year visioning for myself and my clients lately. So I don't know how this is going to happen, but I want to be involved in changing work systems, in more creative ways for people to make money and to live their lives with more flexibility for more of space for, for fun, enjoyment. And a lot of people are literally dying with their passion still inside of them or desires or dreams that, that didn't get a chance to come out because of financial limitations of this this labor system. So I want to be involved with that in some way. And I want to be a best-selling author. I'm going to start writing a book. I have an idea now about creating a system that like method, it's like a method for getting people into their self-conscious and tangibly raising their self-awareness to have impact in their lives and, and healing blockages and limiting beliefs um, through a method that's repeatable. So that's like one idea I have of being an author and a thought leader and sharing 
make systems that are really approachable for the majority of the population, really um, bridging this the spiritual world, this new age movement, this you know expanding consciousness stuff, which is amazing, but is getting it to be very niche and almost like you know, something that people think, oh, that's kind of silly and not applicable to me. And then this other world that's, you know, more like stuck in the old way and, and having these practical and spiritual, these these worlds of being the dreamer and, and being here and rooted in, well, this is reality and this is the way it is, kind of bridging those things together um, and, and taking us forward into a way that I think can combine both and have people, I, I've, I envision earth and, and being part of the movement that's helping more people be more self-aware than they ever have been before, raising consciousness and turning people into ser service agents who are out there in the world doing their purpose and serving others and a whole new wave of happiness, fulfillment, groundedness, compassion, empathy than we have currently. Well, you're very inspiring and you're on the right path. So I think you are going to get there for sure. Somehow, <laughs> you know, that Thanks, too. Father. Yeah, somehow. Exactly. That's the <laughs> thing about the 10 year vision. I'm like, I don't need to know how it's going to happen. I just have to have an idea of the message that I want to share and the impact I want to have and just, you know, trust myself to keep taking those next steps, which immediate next steps for me are, you know, becoming more of a business mentor. There's so many people out there that have these dreams and are not able to actually action them and get the results. And so I want to help people, especially who are more interested in personal development and wellness and creating more well-being on the planet in some way, helping them get these tools um, to, to help them do that and expanding my reach as a, also a self-mastery and life coach. I think what's cool too is that's very niche and that's very like rare. Like I don't think a lot of people are doing it and I think it's a really, really cool space and a really uh, necessary thing that, that needs to be heard more. So kudos to you for, for doing that because you're, you're really helping a lot of people and you're really uh, serving. And I feel like you can't really go wrong in life if you're, if you're helping others for sure. Well, I have just kind of a few quick questions. What qualities do you admire most about your parents? Mm, that's a beautiful question. My mom's the, the the one who's able to like chat with the the grocery store cashier and then remember her name and the next week come back and you know, she just nurtures relationships all around her and she's very generous. She's always giving gifts and being really thoughtful about her connections with others. And my dad is extremely hardworking. He works in construction. He's worked on a roof most of his life with like doing physical labor. Wow. And he did that to provide for his family. And he's been an extremely dedicated father. Um, his Yeah, there were some family traumas and things in the past. And he decided, I'm, I'm going to be a really present and hardworking father. What dream do you feel like you've achieved? And what dream do you still really want to achieve? I've achieved my dream of being able to live wherever in the world I want, travel with my laptop and yeah, be a, a global citizen. And the dream that I still want to achieve is being an author and a speaker and actually being at live events and being on stage and inspiring people and yeah, having, having my book written. If you could make one rule for everybody to follow from now on, what rule would you make? Take five minutes at the start of your day to be still and quiet and listen to yourself. <laughs> the world would change. It really would. I believe it. Okay, last one. What's your favorite word? 
So I have a serious answer to that. Maybe you get some silly answers. The word that popped into mind was empowerment. That's maybe my word of the moment right now. It's just really empowering people to to find out what that means to them and, and what it's like to experience the most empowered version of themselves. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a word in my brand right now that I really re- align with. Awesome. Love that. Well, thank you very much, Elena, for being on the show on my podcast, Upbeat. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, you're so welcome. And if people want to stay in touch with me, they can go to elenaray.com and find my email and shoot me an email that they watch the podcast and ask me any questions and super happy to engage and be in touch with anyone who hears this. And thanks for the opportunity to come on here and chat with your audience and share some of my story. And I hope that it reaches them, inspires them as well. Thank you, Elena, for being on the show. And to everyone listening, thanks for listening. I want to remind you that you can reach her at Hey Elena Ray on Instagram and Facebook. And then her website is www.elenaray.com. And if you're enjoying these podcast episodes, I'd appreciate it if you could follow the podcast and leave a rating and a review. That helps the podcast grow a lot. But nonetheless, thank you for being here and for listening to this entire episode of Upbeat. You guys are the best. I'll see you next week.